Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week, an old musician came to us with an idea to recruit a motley crew of geriatrics to lead an assault on a foreign government. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Now, last episode, we released the... Not two things we actually released. We released the film or the uh, uh, product... The Dark Shadow, which is, of course, a product of The Experience, trademark, copyright, 2018 Movie Film Studios, uh, which is a brand new multimedia, live action, uh, CGI performance piece um, (laughs) that we created. Yeah, blending elements of every single single piece of media that you can possibly imagine. Absolutely, and also uh, giving control of the uh, experience to whoever wants to mount it. Yeah. So we basically give you a framework to uh, for a, a story uh, and you decide how you want to mount that in your own respective theatre or even your lounge room or even your basement. It's up to you. Uh, so how did how did that go? Really, really, really badly. Uh, what? <laughs> Just like, it's one of those things like where even the best designs, yep. if you put them in the hands of people who don't use them properly, yep. it doesn't work. Right. And- Cinemas just didn't get on board with the experience quite like we thought we would. Okay. We sent them um, 12 hours of unedited footage <laughs> of Steve Carell um, uh, with his green screen friend. Yep. And they just they just showed that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like we're getting like really bad reviews. I'm like, what about the interactive um, animation shadow puppet? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh no, that wasn't, they didn't do that. Did no one mount a version with John Williams and the entire London no, Symphony Orchestra? No, what? no accompaniment. Like, they're just like, why does this film have no soundtrack? I'm like, you're supposed to organize your own yeah, soundtrack. Right. Yeah. It's supposed to be unique. It's like, no, just sin- the people didn't get it. So, Maybe it's just a bit too far ahead of its time. Maybe. Maybe it's just like one of those things where like in, in 50 years time, people go, oh, look how avant-garde those guys were yeah let's like do you know you know like those those people who do yeah, um, yeah the greek yeah. plays in the ruined greek amphitheaters maybe yeah. in 150 200 a thousand years they'll finally get what we're trying to <laughs> Probably. do I, I reckon in about 20 years time it'll be in some university syllabus somewhere yeah. as a like postmodern uh you know example or a postmodern study of um, where cinema can go yeah uh, but i suppose we'll just have to wait till then until yeah. we start seeing the returns come in that lucrative university money uh, we'll this, this is what it feels like to be unappreciated in your own time. Yeah, uh, this is a weird feeling for us because we're used to like rave reviews and box office acclaim, and more importantly, cash coming cash back flow, in. Yeah. How much did we lose on this? Not a lot. No, because <laughs> again, we didn't pay um, composers. We didn't pay editors. <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. Like we didn't do any of the uh, animation in house. So yep. it was just we just shipped off twelve hours of raw footage. <laughs> Wasn't really that difficult to make. So, so wait, are you telling me that some cinemas actually just ran twelve just hours, s- of start footage? to finish, twelve hours of Steve Carell <laughs> talking to like a tennis ball on the end of a stick? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I- <laughs> hey, someone out there must have watched yeah. it then. We'll be releasing it on the Fuzzawooded though, uh, completely unedited and uncut. Yep. Uh, the full director's cut will be on that platform. Uh, okay, on to this week in trailers. And first cab off the ranks is King of Thieves. See, I was about to call this King of Diamonds because <laughs> there's a lot of diamonds in the trailer. Yep. But uh, no, King of Thieves is the name of the film. Yes, and I have no information for you about this film because I forgot to look at it. Uh, but it stars... 
It stars a motley, again, a motley crew of uh, older British actors, including Michael Gambon, Michael Caine, Jim Broadbent, Ray Winston. Ray Winston. Uh, and uh, a couple of others as well. Yeah. And it effectively, or what it seems to be just an old person's Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bank robbing heist film with... Uh, Guys who were like well past their prime used to be criminals in their in their day, and they're yeah. like, oh, this heist was so perfectly executed. It must have been um, done by the most uh, uh, intelligent, well thought out, well planned cat burglars ever. And then you see Michael Caine and Jim Broadbent <laughs> making tea in like their little cottage, going, oh, you'd always get my tea wrong, yeah, or yeah. something along those lines. I, I feel like it it could be a lot of fun actually. It's sort of uh, particularly like looking at Michael Caine, who's sort of dottering around with his sort of frazzled hair for most of the. Film, yeah, uh, it looks like it's going to be like quite a bit of fun. Yeah, the, I mean, it it is. It comes on the back of not necessarily on the back of, but there are a string of those films where they go, let's you know get those guys who are used to be in those heist films yeah. and sort of get them all back together and it'll be a bit fun. Expendables comes to mind. Yeah. I think they got Al Pacino and Robert De Niro back together for like a bank robbing film a, a couple of years yeah, ago. as like right, a, yeah. a spiritual sequel to um, uh, Heat. Yep. This kind of feels a little bit like a spiritual sequel to The Italian Job. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, what, what is Michael Caine doing 60 <laughs> years after he drove minis around Rome for yeah, a whole yeah, lot? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But it's kind of nice that, I mean, The Expendables uh, doesn't... Sp- didn't feel like it had the same amount of fun as this trailer no. has because at the end of the day it's like a lot of old men trying to do some really high octane action and you can see that they're just not really able to do it but a heist film is like very yeah. easy on the knees and the joints you don't really have to do much <laughs> and they're really playing into the fact that these guys yes. can't really quite do yeah, it quite like exactly. they used to so. <laughs> <laughs> yes and hopefully it doesn't go down the same path that that particular film went down yes a uh, path that was hewn by a giant truck with <laughs> saw blades on the front of it carving its way through a jungle <laughs> that'd be an interesting heist vehicle though wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> a bit blunt. Uh, all right, on to trailer number two. And this one is Mile 22, starring Mark Wahlberg, uh, John Malkovich. Oh, yeah, John Malkovich is in that one. He is in that one, yeah. Just completely phoning it in. There's, it- yeah, a girl from The Walking Dead whose name I don't know, but she was like the farmer's daughter in The Walking Dead. Yep. And who I can only assume is a Southeast Asian action film star. Yeah. Someone moderately famous in that neck of the woods. This Uh, does seem like a crossover Hollywood, um, China sort of like a film special. They did Great Wall not too long ago with Matt Damon and uh, a whole bunch of Chinese film stars. This one definitely has, as the production crews come up, is like a a Hollywood studio. And I I imagine like a Hong Kong um, film studio. And they seem to try and blend the action sequences between those high octane big chase scenes with motorcycles and cars as they shoot guns at one another. And then also have those sort of more intimate I'm going to beat up a whole bunch of dudes in a small room with my martial arts skills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Interestingly, looking at the uh, production company, so it's the, I apologize for the pronunciations, but it's the Hayai Brothers. It's a Chinese uh, production company, also responsible for the Happy Time Murders, which we discussed uh, a few (laughs) weeks back, and uh, Bad Mums as well. Really? Yeah. It's just like, what a... What a crazy product. They're following in our footsteps. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have thought it was more like the Shaw Brothers with your classic <laughs> 70s um, flywire action sequences. Yeah, yeah. I did not think they'd be behind Bad Mums. <laughs> did they do Bad Mums too as well? They did. They yeah. did a, a Bad Mums Christmas, I believe is what that was called. <laughs> um, so uh, Mile 22 seems to be about uh, a... 
um, a defector from a foreign government who is played by our Southeast Asian action star, whose name we don't know, uh, who is informing, I believe, the US government that uh, his government is planning some kind of crazy terrorist attack or attack on, on the country, and he's sort of there to tell them about it. Yeah. Um, cue action cue drama cue john malkovich not really doing much i think the reason this is called mile 22 is because they have to get the 22 miles from where this informant has turned himself in possibly to an airfield where they can extract him back to the u.s yeah and along that journey is when all the special forces of all the um countries that he's ratting out yeah, against yeah, yeah. Uh, attack him and marky mark and walking dead girl <laughs> have to you know shoot guys off motorcycles yeah. have to blow up helicopters yeah. have to kung fu their way through old warehouses oh, no, no, no. mark Wahlberg's not doing any kung fu no all the american actors for some reason are all equipped with guns and uh our southeast asian fellow whose name is uh Eco-U-Y-S, U-W-A-I-S, sure. according to the... See, not even the Academy member knows how to pronounce it <laughs> properly. Um, he only has Kung Fu. He only has martial arts uh, and must defeat all of his enemies with a mixture of, like, Jackie Chan and Jet Li-esque moves. Yes. Uh, which, sure, why not? Um I mean, this looks terrible. Yes, but in a way where it's just kind of like an excuse for action. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't, you can't fault it for that. You can fault Mark Wahlberg's performance like, here. He, he does not want to be in that. I, I kind of feel as though maybe Mark Wahlberg's character gets killed off like three three quarters of the way through yeah. the film, and yeah. I, he's probably never died in a film before. Yeah, and he's just like he was so upset that he'd already agreed <laughs> to do this. That he's just like I'm not even going to bother acting. Oh yeah, I'm sure Mark Wahlberg is famous for not reading scripts. I'm just making this up, but I'm sure he is. Uh, given the fact he was in that rubbish trans two rubbish Transformers films, uh, and so was John Malkovich. Actually, this is a, this is an episode <laughs> another, of reunions. Yeah. Another reunion. <laughs> like they're they're both just sort of waiting around for the cars to transform into robots <laughs> and deal with the bad guys. It's like what's going on? It's like oh, oh this isn't a Transformers one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. we have we have to do the killing and the shooting in this one. <laughs> exactly. All right, on to the final trailer for this week's episode, which is Juliet Naked, starring Rose Byrne. Uh, Chris, Chris O'Dowd Chris O'Dowd and Ethan Hawke our yeah. good friend Ethan Hawke um, this is a romantic comedy of sorts well I mean it really is kind of a classic romantic comedy uh, essentially Ethan Hawke plays a washed up well not even a washed up a, a, a musician who has had a long and very um, patchy uh, patchy kind of career yeah. but is very well known within sort of indie circles indie to circle. be like a uh, a, a driving force, or like yeah, who's, yeah. The, the the best musician who was never famous, like yeah. the the most um uh, underrated musician of his generation, and he's sort of gone into hiding, into being a bit of a recluse yep. for like ten or fifteen years. Um, releases an album that um, Rose Byrne, who is the music journalist, writes a scathing review of, yep. and Chris O'Dowd is a diehard fan of this um this guy yeah. and uh so then ethan hawke reaches out to the music journalist going you know what you're right about my music and then they form an unlikely sort of romantic relationship via correspondence yeah um chris o'dowd actually plays rose burns partner in this film so there's kind of a bit of a she doesn't really care for this uh musician and he's absolutely obsessed with him uh so when she writes a scathing review and the musician reaches out there's a kind of like uh weird kind of three-way romance yeah. thing going there. 
The good old love triangle. The good old love triangle, yeah. If, if any of this sounds at all familiar, then uh, you're probably <laughs> not terribly surprised to find it's actually based on a Nick Hornby book. Yes. Who did uh, High Fidelity and yep. About a Boy, yep. uh, which always seems to have these roots in... Um, like a love of music and yeah. weird unlikely relationships that spring up around that yeah uh, i think even a long way down had a had a music theme where they um yep. all sort of were listening to one song um uh th- like at least one of the characters wanted to i think he wanted to commit suicide with a like a a, a book or a song in his hand yep. because it was underappreciated <laughs> i think everyone should like it uh weird weird topic but but nick, nick hornby always has that sort of like offbeat yeah. sort of romantic comedy yeah. with these sort of indie grungy music themes to it yeah yeah um one of the notes in the trailer for this is there was a little like review from Clearly, a whole bunch of people have already reviewed this film and said it's fantastic and it's like a re- revitalization of the uh, um, romantic drama, or not the ro- the romantic comedy, rather. Yeah. Uh, and there was another one that said, like, Ethan Hawke has a movie star making performance in this. And I'm just like, have you seen any of his films? Like, anything that he's been in? Because he looks, like, he looks terrible in this film, but he's been in a lot of great films and played a lot of great roles and you're pointing out this romantic comedy as the, like, standout Ethan Hawke role. Never mind, like, Boyhood, Before Sunset, Before Sunrise. Never Gattaca. mind Gattaca. Um, never mind. He was in Dead Poet Society as well yeah. as one of the kids. Um, no. I think they're maybe referring back to the last film he did, which was, like, a sci-fi action where he has a bomb implanted in his skin, and he, I can't even... We, we no, talked about that. Purge tra- after that? Oh, we did the... Pur- no, I, I could have sworn, like, this was a trailer we watched, like, probably, like, oh, yeah, four or five right. months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which- there was also the one that he played. He was, like, a priest, and it was in a weird town, and oh, some yeah. other weird things were happening. We do talk again, about like, Ethan Hawke's films a lot. We do, he, and we never cast him. No. Never, Ethan. Because you haven't been proven to be a movie star yet. <laughs> well, he has now. now so now, now we yeah, can. Yeah. Now he's a bankable star. He's out there in the uh, eyes of the... Co- See, all the films that he's been in are all like really kind of like isolated and not really for like the big crowds. They're all like little tiny films that yeah. are just sort of very special interest. Gattaca, no one knows what that is. No one knows what that's about. As soon as they start reading about DNA, they lose interest. Yeah. Um, before Sunrise and Before Sunset, only three people saw those films. Boyhood was way too long for people to see. And uh, The Purge, I don't remember what happened in that. There was also, uh, he was, was in it, like... He, I feel as like he was also in one of those um, James Wan, um, yeah. not The Conjuring and not the Annabelle, but yeah, the no, that's right. Insidious. The, it, insidious He's or in something? Insidious, yeah. 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 So he does. He does. He no does. One, that's not something that everyone would see. It's a horror film, exactly. But I think that the issue is that he's he's in so many of those different genre films yeah. that the Venn diagram overlap <laughs> is such that he he's covered everything yeah. except the mainstream. Yep. He's in every single little tributary that leads into the mainstream, <laughs> but he refuses to, to to set foot in those waters. Yeah. Who's that? Um, who's that actor uh, in Dallas Buyers Club that sort of started off his career doing a whole bunch of romantic comedies? Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah. So. Matthew McConaughey did the whole like romantic comedies first, crappy like take my shirt off kind of films first, then serious hardcore uh, dramas and serious actor films next. Ethan Hawke's doing it the other way around. <laughs> Got his serious films out of the way. Now that he's kind of old and a little bit decrepit looking, now he's doing the romantic Just comedies. All I ask, Ethan, is that you keep your shirt on. <laughs> No promises in this one. (laughs) All right. Those are the three trailers for this week's episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room. Let's go.
that door gets heavier and heavier to move. I don't know why. It's the size. <laughs> it's it's creaky, rusty of the hinges. Huge yeah. metal door that is, yeah, completely rusted through. Uh, all right. Um, Let's have a recap of the three films. So we have... First up is a um, old people doing a thing that young people should be doing. And <laughs> Wait, it, and you it, think that young people should be robbing things? I think I think uh, stealing is a young man's game and yeah. these old codgers have no business in there. Yeah, okay. Ha- comedy in shoes. Yeah, fish out of water kind of. Uh, uh, we have a um, two uh, cinematic styles of different countries crossover in an action... Um, yep. Uh, Balls to the wall. Get from point A to point B if you can survive kind of thing. Yep. And then uh, finally, we have a romantic comedy with music undertones probably set in England because it's written by a famous English romantic comedy author. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Now, I believe that you chose last episode. Yeah, so it is my turn. Interesting selection this time. Um, I mean, Mile 22 definitely looks like classic movie film studios. Uh, so I'm going to go with it. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, why not? Now, that isn't to say I'm feeling a little bit more uh, loose with the rules this time around. I do feel like we may be able to pick some bits and pieces from the other two films as well, uh, but we'll see how we go, I guess. But yeah, Mile 22, I like the idea of like uh, cross-cultural action fest. Interesting. I like it. I did. It does feel very movie film studios. Yeah. But like, who, who are we going to partner with then? What what rival studio who's been churning out sort of big films in a, in a foreign language? <laughs> yep. Really, like, do we do we see ourselves working with and, mm. ta- and and adopting their styles for our own? Yeah, this is a good point. How many foreign film studios do you know? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, let's see. I mean, the Germans make some films. Like, yep. I don't know what what's what's the hallmark of a German film? Uh, very stark. Color, con- color. You, you know what's really quite popular is like yep. that um, uh, Norwegian Scandinavian murder yeah. mystery. It's yep. like you are murdered, and it is so dark and grim and cold here. Like <laughs> yeah, we, like we could partner girl, with the, like the girl with the dragon tattoo. Girl with the dragon stuff. tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's the killing, and a whole bunch of TV shows. The bridge yeah. have have made their way and had yeah. American remakes. Just incredibly grim. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's great. So we won't do the remake of it. We'll actually partner with a new a Norwegian, definitely Norwegian. Yeah, I think so. It is, it is the best of the Scandinavian countries. And don't, tell, don't tell Sweden don't tell I said Sweden. that. Or Finland. Or, De- or Denmark. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, what was it? Norway? Norway. Yeah, we definitely chose Norway. <laughs> uh, so, a Norwegian film uh, studio. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really matter which one, really. Because, no, I mean, I'm we'll, sure we'll, that they're all churning up the same type of film. Yeah. Uh, so, we'll just sort of put our uh, hooks into the water and just see what we fish yeah, out. Yeah, um, that's a good ice fishing reference. I like it. Because <laughs> it is going to be dark and it's going to be cold yep. and it's going to be snowy. Yep. All right. I think, actually, now that you say ice fishing, there's no reason why that can't be the central kind of theme for this film. Uh, so what if we made it uh, an ice fishing expedition with a group of, like, three friends, but by the end of it, there's only one of them left? Yeah, okay. I, I really do like the, you know... Uh, 10 people into one person leaves yep. kind of yep. um, thrillery kind of things. Yep. Um, there's got to be a bit more of an action element to it. Yep. And I think possibly borrowing from yep. uh, old King of Thieves, <laughs> they're all old people. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of feels, maybe it kind of feels a bit like grumpy old men yep. with like, you know, Jack Lemon and okay. uh, Walter yep. Matthau yep. sitting yep. out on the lake. You know what? But- okay. You know what this is? This is how, yeah, we do it like that. But also we bring in parts of Juliet Naked. These three people 
used to be in a love triangle when they were younger. Ooh. So now they're all old, they're all retired, uh, but for some reason, the old romance starts a sparking again. Oh, right. But not all of them make it. Not all. So the issue is then, is one of the, the people in this love triangle... Yep. Uh, harboring an old grudge and turns on them or they stumble on some sort of like you know monster in the woods kind of uh um <laughs> wait do we want to go supernatural with this no not you know not necessarily mo- like by monster i meant like a reclusive hermit who's yep. probably murdered people and he's been living out in the woods that yep. sort of well we could go supernatural we could go some sort of giant carnivorous ice fish <laughs> who's like <laughs> jumping up out of the water trying to kill them all yeah no, because then it doesn't lead itself to, like, a nice chase sequence, right? Because, like, I think what needs to happen is there needs to be... So, at the end of the film, I'm going to spoil it for you right now. So, we do use the idea of the old hermit. Uh, so, there's a fourth character because there's actually a fourth person to the love triangle that they oh, didn't realise. Whoa. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah, whoa. exactly. So, they're trying to, he's trying to get... He or she is trying to get the other two out of the way so that the object of his or hers affection is free and clear. And this is like 40 years after the initial like triangle came out. The three of them are now just good friends. Um, they've all like married other people, had other families and so on and so forth. They don't really have um, the romance anymore. Uh, but this fourth character who secretly also was part of this triangle, making it a love square. Love square. I mean, we've already done love pentagram, right? To be fair, I don't think triangle or square has enough points to it. (laughs) Maybe maybe we do. We go back and and revisit our... I mean, it's just second nature to us to do love pentagrams. (laughs) Or do you want to give it even more complicated? A love hexagon? We could do. Also, the the Star of David, I think, is two overlapping (laughs) triangles. it is, yeah. So that could have six people. But the issue with that is that... That it's it's not six groups of uh, relationships. It's two sets of love triangles. Yeah. So a double love triangle. A double love triangle. With some overlap. No, well, there would not be any No, overlap. there wouldn't be a love overlap. So hang on. There's two separate love triangles. Two separate love triangles. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. That works. That's fine by me. So are we saying that all six of them go on this trip or is it five of them and one of them uh, sort of is a hermit now. I think we have an old love triangle. Yep. And then the other love triangle is also taking place in like an action movie as well. Oh, yes. So we, we have the old people, grumpy old men, yep. ice fishing. Yep. And then there's simultaneously like an action movie happening <laughs> in the same location with a different love triangle. <laughs> oh, wait, just completely separate? To completely separate. Comple- okay. But but obviously the actions that each of those these, these groups have, yep. it, like has a, a bearing on the plot okay so, so yep. like when the um uh you know the action sequence happens overnight and yep. they explode part of the lake yes and then the old people come out to go ice fishing later yeah, and they're yep, like oh yep. this, this whole part of the lake's exploded yeah but they don't really sort of realize why yeah and when oh yeah i, I reckon now, it, we, now it, we can each fish of the, in the hole so each of them are oblivious to each other's story yes in a way where uh yeah you just like oh, you, it, so, it's kind of impossible it's like how do you guys not notice that you've got these two <laughs> overlapping love triangles slash sort of like uh rom-com action movies sitting over the top of one another just, yes yeah. i love this uh so i like the idea yeah the the old people come out to the fishing uh to their lake and they just see sort of explosions in the distance which sort of makes the lake, the frozen lake, shake a little bit and maybe, like, cracks start to form and little holes start appearing in there and they're just like, great, there's now some new fishing holes that we can uh, fish from. You know what I'd really love to see in this as well? Yep. Through the characters accidentally sort of all all through plot devices 
swap their roles within the stories. <laughs> really? So so suddenly like um because of like you know someone gets thrown out of a car yeah, yeah, yeah. and then one of the other guys like like jump like accidentally gets into the car and yep. all of a sudden you've got the old guy now who has to solve the action movie plot and, yeah. the, and the young action hero who's now stuck in a, an old person rom-com I have an idea. murder mystery sort of thing i have an idea to expand upon that and just to bring in a little bit of the supernatural so you know how's that that whole like old story about two people who pee into a fountain and they change bodies body switching movie yeah what if like both groups of triangles fall into the lake all through like a confluence of uh, circumstances oh. and then they all body swap we haven't done a body swap for a long time no. that's really i mean that's really good yeah i like that like an actual physical body swap yeah yeah yeah. and suddenly you do have the old guy who's just like i was just out here to ice fish with yeah, my yeah, buddy yeah. exactly and now i have to save the world <laughs> but in an old person's body and then and the, yeah. the old guy there who's out to fish with his buddy is now locked in a romantic love triangle <laughs> where there's p- potentially something sinister going on with yep. the old yep. man who lives in the woods yeah so they all like crawl out of the lake and they realize that they're all in separate bodies. Yeah. Well, not even that. They don't all crawl out of the lake. One or two of them does and they're like suddenly realize what's going on. The other ones don't really get out until later. So that way they split up again. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have that whole like, you don't see them reveal to each other that they know what's happened straight away. It's sort of like mysterious and is figured out later, basically. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. Um, so let's talk about... Uh, I mean, what's the stakes for the action part of it? There has to be. I mean, generally in those action films, they only do one sequence on the snow because yep. it just be, it comes quite difficult. So James Bond is driving a car across the ice with his spiky tires, or yep. skiing down the slopes, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you'd have that could be completely snow centric around a lake. Um, <laughs> I mean, does it have to be? I mean, it kind of does actually. It does a little bit. Is it? Do we go back to that Scandinavian, Nor- Norwe- <laughs> Norwegian style, like dark and grim murder? Yeah, where um, uh, they uh, the body of a um, figure skating. I was actually going to go with a figure skater who's also an informant against the government. Yes, like turns up frozen in the ice, yep. and they're just like, did he come out here to figure skate, or did they kill him because he's a secret government spy? Exactly, and all of a sudden, like. Um, maybe maybe we do it instead of being so remote it's sort of set in like a ski town village yep. and there's sort of like this spy thrillery plot who's who's the bad guy who's the good guy yep. um, someone here is a is a mole yep. um, and the fact that you know suddenly the action hero is in a an old man's body <laughs> kind of like really <laughs> leans into the hey now I can infiltrate places where I couldn't before yeah yeah and then we can do the action sequences of skiing down the hill where there's an yep. avalanche or yep. or like trying to run across the ice lake as it's cracking. Yep. And then on top of that, <laughs> you, you have the the old people who came there to the to the resort where they first met many, many years ago, yep. sit, trying to sit by the fireside and have hot cocoa. Yep. And now they, they kind of feel as though maybe falling in the lake was a bit of a fountain of youth thing. Yeah. And it's sort of wound back the clock. And yeah. they don't even realize that it's, they've swapped bodies with someone yeah, else. Yeah, they yeah. kind of feel as though, hey, maybe it's just a... And then they get up to sort of like that rom-com kind of antics. Yeah, so this is great. So, like, because the enemy, the crooks that are chasing these young people don't know that a swap has happen, happened, the old people who are now in the young people's bodies are just like, oh, it's a fountain youth. We're now young again. Let's resume our romance back at the ski village. Yeah. And then suddenly, like... Oh, they, they're they also, like, 
That's a good point because yeah. they're like we're just young yeah, and yeah. free, and the mole is like you're a spy. I know because I have a dossier on yeah, you, yeah. and they don't even believe that. Hey, actually, no, well, he's saying that he's not the spy. Maybe he's <laughs> just being really good at like pretending <laughs> it is someone else. But yeah, the, yeah. it's a bit of a, a the spy who knew too little kind of scenario exactly. there as well. I also like the idea that like the crooks personally know these young people as well so they know what these young people are capable of but obviously because there's now old people in them they don't really know how to do the things that they are famous for yeah so let's say say like one of the characters are like really famous for martial arts one is famous for like sharpshooting always hits the mark uh one is famous for i don't know quippy dialogue <laughs> well the quippy dialogue you kind of feel like is something that is mental like it, you would keep it with you whereas like i get like the sharpshooter who's just like just like normally she goes bang 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 and three people goes down yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and when in a different body goes bang 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 and the bullets just go nowhere it's yeah, yeah. like but oh I mean, it's all muscle memory the quippy thing wouldn't work either why is that because it's the old person's mind and the young person's body so that old person doesn't have the same capability for quippiness. Oh, I see. I was going the other way around where the young person oh, thought yeah. that they were going to be like an expert marksman and now that they're in the old person's body, it's... Um, oh, yeah, no, that's the thing. It yeah. works both ways. You know what I think the twist of this film is as well? Yep. Is I think that one of the old people was the mole. Wow. And now that they're in the young person's body, yep. they're having to pass themselves off as being the action hero. Yep. And so now that they're a mole inside <laughs> their own action hero organization, yep. even though the people who are the action heroes are now in the mole's body <laughs> uh, which is just like also like you have all this sort of confusion yep. as people sort of come up to the mole and saying oh how's the mission going they're like what the, what's going on and then someone coming up to the young person going well, how's the mission going I have like, no idea you're speaking to some old person <laughs> alright well I'm confused <laughs> I think so I think that I think that's the whole point of it so this is how yeah this is how we get them back together as well because like there has to be I mean well this is the thing now we need to decide which sort of direction we go into for the end of the film. Do we go for hardline Scandinavian drama where many people die and the ending is kind of not really happy? It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah that, that, that was grim. Or do we skew for the romantic comedy angle uh, and, you know, there's like a merry mix-up and a kind of like weird brawl at the end where they all find themselves tumbling into the lake again and then swapping bodies but like not I, quite into the right ones either. The first one, definitely, definitely? the first. Okay. Oh, there's the one thing that annoys me at the end of the body switching movies, like, oh, we've learned our lesson and now we get to go back to being not Tom Hanks anymore or um, not, <laughs> Jamie, Lynn, Lee not Lindsay, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. And, and when they're back into their real bodies, they learn that, oh yeah, I, I now appreciate life in a way that I didn't before. Yep. You would appreciate life so much more if you're just like, oh, now I'm stuck like this forever. <laughs> okay. So they're just stuck like that. Exactly. I, I think so. I, like, why would... Um, why would the people who are now in the young bodies want to go back into their old bodies, which is so much, <laughs> closer, so much yeah, closer yeah. to death? That is a good point. But now we have to figure out who dies. Or is it even like, do they die? Does something even worse happen? All the old people? To, well, to either of them. There's now there's six characters. There are six, six characters. Six main characters. Uh, three young people, three old people, all of whom have been body swapped. Yes. So the young are the old and the old are the young. Plus we have a collection of crooks baddies yeah and, a, and an old hermit in the woods who doesn't maybe <laughs> you know what's, what's the weird hermit. maybe the old hermit in the woods like body swapped a long long time ago yeah and there's sort of some sort of like earlier plot as well that just to make it more confusing <laughs> and he's been living out in the woods because he hasn't been able to figure out yeah, how yeah, to yeah, body yeah. swap back well no what we do is we do something like i watched game night on a recent flight and yep. now i'm obsessed with like 
um, like stories that just keep like revealing themselves to be something else completely. <laughs> so what if like the old hermit like actually orchestrated the body swap to oh. start with? So what you think is like a random occurrence where like three or six people rather find themselves thrown into a lake and body swapping. It's actually the old hermit who's orchestrated the entire thing. So that the body swap happens, and he's he's your Loki Scandinavian yeah, style yeah. trickster god who's just like, just like just <laughs> screwing things up because he likes likes yeah, to see just, how just things shake out. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, all right. So, and how does it end? Does he just end with like Loki going, "All right, I've had my fun. I'm just going to kill all of you." No, I, I think I think the like some of the old people die in the action sequence because like l- just logistically, what are old people really going to do in that situation? <laughs> they can't keep up with it. They can't move fast enough. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and where the the original action heroes would probably escape, they just get shot because <laughs> they just can't run quite as quick. And then maybe we have one of the young people die, and they go, "Well." we can't sw- like only two of the remaining people are in the ro- wrong bodies and s- one of them doesn't want to swap because they're yeah yeah well see if one of them dies as well that means the triangle's resolved because there's only two of them left that's true so that can be a happy en- a happy ending there but, but what I mean in that's in the old person love triangle yes where one of them dies and now you have two people who love each other in, yeah. in young bodies yes. and just want to sp- like oh we've wasted so much of our lives yeah. but we've got so much of it back yeah, yeah. and then you have an old person who's like well that's that's my body yeah. like I'm a young person's mind in an old body yeah, yeah. maybe they go well bang like oh, okay I'm so g- that's it so okay so the film will end with the two old people in the young people's bodies looking at the sunset over the lake it's the only time colour comes into the film when yep. that sun is rising and then suddenly you hear like bang bang two gunshots ring out across the lake and then yeah coming up like from behind a snowbank, one of the young old people yeah, so holding the, a smoking old, gun old body old body young person has killed Young, maybe, maybe two of the younger people and only, and left one of the younger bodies alive because that's their younger body oh, okay. and they, they want a body swap back into it yep so then they drag okay so it kills one of them uh, and drags the other one back into the lake to try and do the swap again except then Loki pops up and just says well now I'm swapping you, you know, fish you don't know what happens they dive into the lake yep they he drowns the um swaps into the his young body yep. and then holds the old person down until they drown and Ooh. kills and then goes to swim up and going yes yep. the hole's frozen over oh, the fro- oh. they, they can't get out yep. they're banging on the frozen ice frozen ice yep. loki comes over steps looks down at the hole yep. and then just watches as they they drown and sink oh, to the bottom that's fantastic a- end of film no you know who no they don't need to sink all the way down i think just at the last moment the old per- the old young person reaches back up and pulls them down yeah. and they both die together yeah. and Loki's just like, that was fun. Exactly. And then the sun continues <laughs> rising. <laughs> so we need to cast. We need to cast three young people and three old people yep. for this film. We need a Loki as well. I just think we get Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston, like, yeah. He's not playing Marvel Loki, yeah. but he is still playing Loki. Playing Loki. We'll put him in prosthetics and stuff. Yeah. Um, we should probably hire some Scandinavian Denmarky film actors as well. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, that's a really good one. Yep. He's very, very good. Yep. Uh, I was going to say Numi Rapace, but I don't think... Is she? Yeah, she is. She's. I think she's too in between the young and the old. Um, but she could... Oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe she's one of the crooks. Yeah, she can play one of the crooks. Crooks, who's the, um, the one that I'm thinking of? Who's yeah? Good. good uh, um, she's a, a a young blonde girl who was in um, Couples Retreat. Cool. Couples Retreat. Uh, let me call the Academy and I will tell you. Uh, is it Phase on Love? No. 
Is it Callie Hawk? No. Is it Tasha Smith? No. Is it John Favreau? It could very well be. Malin Ackerman? Malin Ackerman is who I'm trying to think of. There you go. Um, we could have uh, Malin Ackerman. I've heard speak some sort of Scandinavian language yep. in a show she's or from, movie that she's been in. Yep, she's from Sweden. Uh, uh, there was another... Oh, um, uh, So we've got one old Mad, Mads Mikkelsen, one young yep. um, uh, Malin Ackerman. Yep. I mean, we're going we're gonna to have to go to our bank of... Well, okay, look, this is a film for international audiences. So like... Mile Alec- 22. Yeah. We've got to cast, like, some well-known actors as well. Alexander Skarsgård? Yep. Yep, absolutely. Ah, oh, he's the one that plays... That's the old... No. The eldest brother. It's the, oh, it's the eldest brother. Do we then put Stellan Skarsgård? Stellan Skarsgård in it, too. And then they, do, they body swap between one another. And yeah, that's yeah, just, like, perfect. weird. Um, uh, yep. So, uh, so we need a, a an older female Scandinavian actress and a younger <laughs> male... He doesn't have to. Maybe we just go with what? What's a bankable um, uh, 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 American? Maybe for one of the older ones. Um, oh, what's that one from uh, Aliens, Ghostbusters? Uh, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. All right. Yep. Great. That's one of our Mads Mikkelsen, Stellan Skarsgård, Skarsgård, and Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver. Yep. I think we do need that sort of big bankable American action yeah, yeah, yeah. star, yep. and he's like the the CIA operative who's come across. Yep. So hang on, we already have Alexander Skarsgård. We and have. Malin Ackerman. Malin Ackerman. And we need some some American... Some American like, flyboy. Or maybe even, like, you know, what they do where they just cast Australians with American accents <laughs> for all those um, action sequences. One of the Hemsworths. Can, we, yeah, can the, we bring in Thor? That's actually not a bad idea. We already cast Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston and we have Chris Hemsworth in there yeah, as well. Yeah. And this time Chris Hemsworth's, like, not Thor at all. No, he's not. And But Tom Hiddleston is Loki. <laughs> Um, and it's a bit weird. I, I really like that. I think yeah, that's a, yeah. I think it's a great. And casting. instead of whatever accent uh, Chris Hemsworth is doing for Thor, we get him to do an American accent. Yeah, like a proper American accent. We may have to dub his voice. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when we do the Scandinavian release, we're going to yeah, have yeah. to get some, like the the other guys. Every take we do has to be once in um, uh, Norwegian yep. and and once in English. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and then in each of them. The English ones, we just dub over the... I mean, I suppose Norwegians can probably all speak English, but no one who can speak English can speak Norwegian. <laughs> exactly. So Chris Hemsworth and Sigourney Weaver are the only ones in there where <laughs> when we do this, uh, this, uh, the Norwegian version, they actually have to get Norwegian voice actors. Can I just say, we did a really good job of casting Scandinavian actors. I didn't think we'd know that many. I mean, really, we probably could have just done it all through the Scar Scout panel. <laughs> There's enough of them going around. Um yeah, that's true. Uh, but I'm still glad that we got that far. Uh, okay, that's a that's a fantastic cast. That is a superstar stellar cast. Of course, now we need the final nail in this coffin, uh, which is the name, the name of, of the, the film. film. Uh, I mean, there's. So we just call it like something lake, and like, yep. and it's just the name of the lake. Can we? Okay. I like that. Now, I also was thinking of Freaky Friday, and I like the Ooh, idea of alliteration. Alliterate. So, like, Loki Lake, but, like, not quite that. Like, yeah. there's something... Lock Lake. I mean, lock is just Scottish for, <laughs> for lake. lake. Yeah. What's the what's the um, uh, Norwegian word for lake? Uh, oh, let me call the Academy. <laughs> so, the Academy's, yep, telling me something. Uh, I, I, mm, so, <laughs> Insjo? Injia. But it's like an O with a with a stroke through it. Oh yeah, the st- the stroke strokey O. Yeah, hang on, let me. I'll, I'll get the academy member to actually like say it. Incha, incha, incha. Yeah, it doesn't have that alliterative thing that I was sort of hoping no. for. No, what else is in our? See, film? I actually quite like Triangle Lake. Yep. Like as let's just do Norwegian. 
<laughs> triangle. <laughs> so it's triangle, according to this. Triangle. Yeah. Lake triangle. That, yeah, it's, it's not, not too, bad. too bad, actually. Hang on, let me just see what the Academy member says. Triangle. 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 Triangle lake. Like like triangle. Yep. Like, but like 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 triangle. Yeah. Whatever exactly. whatever the pronunciation is, yep. the Norwegian pronunciation of triangle. It's spelt it, triangle, so it's like the same as triangle, but like G E L instead of G L E. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of works actually. The angel thing might work. Triangle. Quite, yeah. Quite interesting too, because there's going to be a lot of deaths. Yeah. True. Uh. So yeah. Okay. So triangle 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 lake. We're we going with triangle lake or lake triangle. Lake triangle. Lake Triangle. Lake Triangle. I like that. Brilliant. Our first scandal, yeah. Scandinavian I mean, we've, we've got to start making those diplomatic relationships with yeah, yeah. Uh, foreign film studios. Exactly. I mean, has the... Uh, see, this is... The only problem I see is that has the boat passed on, like, Scandinavian films yet? I Look, I don't... I, was I, it due for a comeback? Definitely due for a comeback. They're, oh, sweet. They're doing um, new versions of the girl who kicked the, the girl with the, to- the t- oh. triangle and the... <laughs> <laughs> the girl with the triangle. That's what we just sort of called it. The girl with the triangle. The girl with the triangle. Lake. So, uh, Lake Triangle. Lake Triangle. See it on Mufuzawa in a few days' time. <laughs> I think that's a wrap. I think it is. All right. Any um, housekeeping? Yes, housekeeping as per usual. We are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios, and of course, Mufuzawa Movie Film Studios Workshop, Workshop Digital Distribution. You have wait. <laughs> there's something's wrong there. I think no, it's workshop digital digital distribution platform. Yeah, that's it's, it. it's not two workshops. It is two digitals. That's right. You're you're absolutely correct. Uh, where you can find uh, a list of every single film that we've created yes. on this podcast. Search Facebook for Movie Film Studios and join the community, where you'll be able to guess the films that we've watched in the upcoming episodes via emoji clues, translation clues, and any other type of clue yeah. that we try and figure and jam in there. Um, we're on Twitter because why not? And, of course, we're on iTunes, we're on Podbean, and for the first time ever, we're on Spotify. So if you like paying for a free podcast <laughs> and ensuring that we get nothing out of it as yeah. well, um, then go listen to it on Spotify. I mean, it's probably more convenient if you do use Spotify, so go ahead and listen to it. And rest assured, we do not get a cent out of it if you do. <laughs> so it's purely for your convenience. Uh, and I think... That's it. All that remains is to thank you all once again for listening. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Mark me.